0: Well, here we are, Easter Sunday, and thank God for more reasons than one. We've had a mild winter of sorts, but we are far from removed from cold temperatures. Can you all believe that there's even some snow predicted in some of the forecasts for this week? We've just come out of an incredible Lent worship series. That we share together. And in thinking about that, I just really want and I need to give thanks again to my dear friend and partner ministry, Dr. Marsha McPhee, who lives out in California. But Marsha does so much work with pastors and worship teams that challenge us and encourage us. She challenges us to be multisensory, to provide visuals and ways and physical ways we might write on rocks or use a paintbrush to use our ashes to put on a canvas. She challenges challenges us to be inclusive in our worship in ways that we use liturgy and songs. And we've had the delight here at Bluegrass to have McPhee, that's my nickname for her, to have her come here and preach and share with us. So I just want to share that, make no mistake, there are hundreds of pastors, worship teams, and churches across the country who use her design and then put it in their context. She is indeed a part of our ministry here at Bluegrass, and we are so thankful for her that she gives us sort of this blank canvas with some ideas and then turns us loose. Thank you, McPhee. This Lent series, McPhee's series, Enter the Passion of Jesus, placing ourselves in part of the story, invited us, friends, to do just that, to try to place ourselves in the story, that ancient story of Jesus' last week on earth. And even in spite of our physical distance from one another in these weeks and the fact that our in-person worship changed to gathering with technology We've shared a wonderful Lenten season together. And yet to say the least, it's been a tough Lent, hasn't it? It's been a really tough Lent. And it's been an incredibly tough month. With the full onset of the coronavirus, our lives have turned upside down. And when we last gathered, which was just night before last, many of you joined us on Good Friday. And when we left Good Friday night, we left in darkness with an image of our brother and Messiah Jesus hanging on the cross. That's always a very tough service. And yet I would claim it's also a very needed service. For us to pretend as if our faith journey is without valleys and dark times would frankly be not authentic. We know that life has tough moments and some really difficult stretches. And we've all been through those, haven't we? Relationship fractures with family, parents, siblings, in-laws, and outlaws. Some of us have been through loss of relationship with significant others, either through breakup, or through the grief of their death. And we have, most of us, had our share of unexpected medical twists and diagnosis, either for ourselves or those we love, that took us off our feet. We've experienced some dark moments of depression, and sometimes it's difficult to see our way out of those moments. And indeed, Some of us, if not all of us, have experienced rejection in some form from family or friends, from careers or colleagues, from society, and perhaps worst of all, rejection from church. And we have experienced financial hardships. Some in our midst are experiencing those for the very first time as a result of this and an overall uncertainty about any and all matters of life. These are just some of the tough times, the dark times, that we experience individually. And then there are those community valleys, even country valleys, world valleys. Think about events like the Civil War. World War I and Two, the fights against slavery, the fight for women's rights, Vietnam, 9-11. These and other events like them are those that we can remember either because we experienced them directly or because they were so profound in our history that history books or the memories of our elders remind us of those difficult times. The Great Depression, which is we, what we hear about a lot now. Communal world country valleys we experience. And let's be even more honest. Churches also experience tough moments and some valleys. Now we've been blessed that in our just over nine years of being church, while we've had a hiccup or two here and there, We've lost some members who left because maybe they weren't happy about a decision our council made or maybe weren't happy about a sermon that I or Pam or Kenny preached. But at our core, we have weathered these difficult situations. And hopefully we've learned from them. And we continued moving forward with what we believe to not only be one of the most unique, loving, diverse, and authentic church families around... But we've continued to move forward with an outreach-based church which theoretically throws these doors off the hinges to welcome all inside, no matter who you are or where you are in your life journey or your faith journey. Yes, 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 you are welcome here. And yet, Emmanuel United Church of Christ who we now claim as part of us, experienced their church dissolve after over 57 years right here on this sacred ground. We stand today and every day on the blood, sweat, and tears of those who gave so much of their heart and effort. And we are proud that they allowed their name and most importantly that they allowed their people to blend with us. Now, trust me, there were plenty of naysayers in our community and in theirs doubting that a congregation made up of mostly African Americans who had very conservative beliefs, including being against same-sex relationships, could have a snowball's chance in heck of blending with a congregation who at the time was being led by a lesbian pastor and a gay worship leader. That's the beautiful success story, friends. And if you don't know that story, find me and ask me because I love to share it anytime I can. And yet that success story, as beautiful as it was, did not come about overnight. There were some dark moments from them and from us. There were some questions, there were some doubts. It sort of sounds a little bit to me like there was some Good Friday going on. In fact, just seven years ago, just seven years ago on Good Friday, the doors of this very building were padlocked shut with this chain. And I've kept this chain in my office all these years because I don't ever want to forget the experience of our Emmanuel brothers and sisters of having their church locked on Good Friday and coming to church right here in this space on Easter Sunday and they were not able to get in. This is to say, beloved church, my dear brothers and sisters, that we know there are dark times, tough stretches, and difficult moments. We've lived them. We've lived them individually. We've lived them as a country. We've lived them as a world. And yes, we've even lived them in our churches. And yet, here we are again. Here we are again, it's Easter Sunday, and thank God it's Easter Sunday. But why gratitude for this day? Why do we decorate our church with flowers? Or when we take our outside walks, we see our neighbors around pruning and planting and getting ready for spring to brighten things up a bit. We give thanks to God for Easter not because church and flowers brighten our church or our yards. We give thanks because we serve a God of resurrected light. Light. See, when we find ourselves in the darkness, friends, literally or figuratively, there is just one way out of darkness. And that way is with light of some form. Now, sure, we can light a darkened room by flipping a switch or opening the blinds to let sunlight in. We can light a darkened outdoor environment with a campfire or a lighter or a flashlight. And we participate in all of those things. Let me share a story with you. When my mom was growing up, they didn't have electricity or indoor plumbing. And I tell my mom all the time, God knew what God was doing to sort of make me come along later in the world. I don't think I would have fared quite so well. But she's told me this story over and over again. I didn't get to meet my maternal grandparents. But she's told me the story of it wasn't long after they had electricity in their home and my grandparents were, were poor, and so it was a big deal for them to have electricity. And so my mom and her sister, she was one of six girls, were sort of cutting up, and my grandpa, my papa said, girls, blow that light out in there, because that's what he was used to telling them, to blow the light out. And mom tells a story how they were going, <sighs> making this big thing, and sort of making fun of him because he was telling them to blow the light out. Brothers and sisters, thank God it's Easter Sunday. For on this day, we don't need indoor electricity. We don't need switches or blinds or campfires or lighters or flashlights to give the light that we need for our darkened world or despair-filled hearts. For right here and right now, on this special day, we celebrate the light of resurrection. And there's one source for that. God, our creator. And here's some Easter resurrection good news. Just as the sun rotates around our planet and lights the day for all humankind, so is the resurrected light of God, ready and willing to brighten days, lift despair, remind of hope to all to all who seek to experience the light of God. Just short of 2,000 years ago, cowardly politicians, pious religious leaders, and greedy society heads tried to snuff out that light of God who became incarnate and lived among us. And for a time, ah, for a time they thought they had succeeded. Because after that horrific, politically motivated, and very painful death of Jesus, folks hunker down a bit. They hunker down in fear and despair, in grief. They hunker down in disbelief and in shock. And we get that, don't we? Especially now. With the coronavirus becoming the enemy of all of us we've been met with an extraordinary amount of loss and sacrifice, personal losses and grief, political arguments about who's going to get stimulus and money and financial help and how it's going to be distributed. We have churches being arrogant and ignoring not only our governor's executive order, but gathering in mass, which puts all of us at risk. And so, yes, I agree with his decision Many of us are making tremendous sacrifices, as are people all over the world. We have aging parents dying alone. We have health care workers without protection, but still providing care. A nursing home nurse that I spoke about during our prayer time, mother of one of our regular church family members, who sent me a message this last week, asking prayer for her mom who called to say, this is the worst day in my nursing history. We've lost one patient. I have another man actively dying. And that same night, 18 ambulances pulled in and out as she held their hands and told them, get better and come back, knowing that most, if not all of them, would not return And that's just one example of what's at stake. There's a mound of loss, uncertainty, and anxiety, and rightly so. But I'm going to claim again, friends, thank God Easter Sunday is here. Thank God that today, if only just for today, we can get it. Not just the seriousness of what lies around us, before us, Because you know what? I think 99.9% of people get it really clearly. My prayer this morning is that we get that the light of God has resurrected. And it will again and again and again. And not just on Easter Sunday. For you see... Every single morning that we open our eyes, resurrection light has happened. We might not want to admit it, and for some, the truth is clinical depression prevents us from receiving it as fully as we can. And yet for most of us, friends, receiving the light of God, which provides resurrection for us day in and day out, is a choice. We get to choose whether to live in darkness as people without hope. Of something better and of something, some person bigger than us. We get to choose whether we live our life out of gratefulness, even in these days, gratefulness for each new dawning, no matter what challenges may come up with that particular day. We choose whether to focus on the darkest times, our worst mistake, or whether we find our way to the light. Look, it doesn't mean we don't have challenges and valleys and and darkness. We will. And we have. Yet the invitation to every single one of us is to get the light. Get the resurrected light of God every single day and keep it and hold on to it. And then not to keep it all for ourselves but to give some of that light away. That's what we mean when we say, be be the church. You know what? We give light when we have drag shows that fund a feeding program for schools right down the street for us, for at-risk kids who are hungry, who are still eating with school out. We give light when we check in on one another, whether it's a birthday video or a card that many of us sent to Pastor Kenny this week. Or cards sent to my mom and Brenda and I as we remembered the one-year anniversary of my bonus dad lovingly referred to me as Romeo. His one-year anniversary of his death was this past Good Friday. And Stacy, I know you're watching. You're our church moderator, and I know you were behind those things. Stacy, you gave and give resurrected light to us with your thoughtfulness to organize things like that. And church, you make me so proud and so humbled to be your pastor because, oh my, the light you give to our world. Thank you for being the church in a myriad of ways. Using your unique talents and gifts and resources. Getting light. Keeping a bit for ourselves and giving it away. Giving how we can, when we can, to whom we can. See, I think that's how we experience and show resurrection. In a way, the world might really believe that it happened and believe that this resurrection message and this resurrection light is still relevant and desperately needed today. Brothers and sisters, resurrection light is real. Listen again to these words from the Gospel of John. Jesus spoke to the people again saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me won't walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Thanks for joining us for the Bluegrass United Church of Christ podcast. We'd love to have you join us for a service sometime. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 500 Don Anna Drive in Lexington, Kentucky. You can find us online at bluegrasschurch.org.